Hello, and welcome back to the Wellbeing and Your Wallet podcast. Uh, so happy to have you if you're a new listener and our returning guest. Extremely happy to have you as well. Thanks for coming back. I'm Grant Gallagher, and I am the head of financial well-being and brain communications here at Affinity. And uh, today we're flying solo. I'm the only guest you have, but luckily not alone. I do have a very special guest joining me, uh, and that is Madison. Madison, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Madison. Um, I have a majors in criminal justice and I'm getting my MBA in management and business executive for law enforcement. Awesome. Awesome. And it's, uh, you're attending Berkeley College. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. I, I am also a uh, recent alum from there. I, I got my oh. MBA, just finished in, in uh, 2021. So, oh. yes. yes. Yeah, that's so. crazy. <laughs> yes, I had a, a busy time when I was uh, in, in <laughs> lockdown. So I put, put my, my time to good use. Uh, but very happy to have you here. Um, you know, obviously today... School is a big topic of conversation, so you know it's really great to have somebody who's a current student, a recent graduate, uh, on to you know share a little bit about their experience and uh, a little bit about their financial tips. So let's jump right over into our icebreaker. Um, you know, just to kick it off, how would you compare spending and saving habits as a young adult to now? So you know, what's changed since you were uh, a teenager when you were in high school? You know, what's how are you different now? When I started working, I think I was like 16. So I definitely had a bit of a spending problem. I think I was blowing almost every paycheck I got on okay. things that I didn't need. Didn't need at all. That's uh, that's not uncommon. You know, it's <laughs> like when you when you get that that first little bit of freedom and money, you're like, what ways can I spend? This is super exciting. So you're you're definitely not alone. So does that mean now you're you're a little bit more of a saver? You're a little bit more financially savvy? trying. I'm definitely trying. <laughs> I did start looking into how, I don't know if you've ever heard of like cash stuffing, like stuff like that. Yep. I definitely. I'm trying to learn how to do that. Okay. Cause I feel like for, it might be good for me. For the benefit of our audience. Could you explain, explain the concept of, of cash stuffing? So in cash your own stuffing words? is, um, whenever you get paid from what I've seen people, when they get paid, they leave like their bill amount for whatever's coming out in their checking account and then they take out the rest of the cash and they stuff it into the little like envelopes that have certain sections like car maintenance if they're saving for a new car and they figure out how much of the money they want to put into each envelope and they do it every check until it builds up to I guess whatever their goal amount is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's just one of the many ways that, you know, you can save. Obviously, some people do it virtually through different accounts. Some people do Mm -hmm. it literally through through cash. Um, but I mean, the, the important thing there is that people are saving, that you're saving, you know, working towards, towards those goals. Uh, so do you mind if I ask what is that big savings goal you're, you're working towards right now? Um, right now, hmm. I have a few, <laughs> I have a few. Okay. Okay. So I think maybe my top one might be a new car because my brother turns 17 of like a little bit, a year and a half and he's gonna get my car. So I want a new car. Okay. So probably a car. And then my other one is moving out at some point. So I've just been putting aside like 150 each check for whenever I want to move out. I already have a cushion to move out. Very good. And then yeah. really just building a bigger savings account. Yeah. No, all, all good savings goals. And, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm also saving for a new car. I, I happily paid off my most recent auto loan last year. And what I found was because, you know, I was still making the same amount of money, but now I had, you know, $300 less that I had to pay every month yeah. for that auto loan. I just started putting it away towards that next down payment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if I didn't do that, I probably would have found a way to spend it. So <laughs> making sure that I'm putting it in a dedicated place that's going towards a certain purpose, you know, that's, that's how it works best for me. Um, and I think it's only fair that I also answer my same icebreaker question. Um, and I'll, I'll say that actually when I was growing up, um, I was quite a bit more of a, a spender than I, than I am now. But I, I did it in a, in a thrifty way. You know, I was always looking for ways to get things that were used, refurbished, discounted, things mm-hmm. like that. But I was very much of a spender, um, I, I will admit. Now, you know, I'm a little bit in a little bit of a different place in my life. So, you know, I'm, I'm not always shopping. Um, I have most things that, that you know, I, I need to meet my, my bare essentials. And uh, I actually have two, two little three-year-olds that keep me Aww. more than busy. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are very cute, but they take a lot of time and a lot of attention and a lot of money. So it's, you know, have to have to save up for, you know, them and cover all their costs. So, you know, very different place in my life than, than when I was a young adult. Uh, so, you know, pivoting real quick, I mean, just to talk a little bit about, you know, what we're talking about today. Obviously, you know, school can be massively expensive. You know, I, I saw some reporting from U.S. News and, and World Report that nearly 64% of students had to borrow to pay for college. Uh, and then also, you know, they reported that over the last 20 years, tuition costs have risen 134% for private universities, 141% for out-of-state tuition public universities, and 175% for in-state tuition public universities. And that's, by comparison, Inflation based off of the uh, consumer price index only rose 65%. So, this is more than double in all of those categories. You know, so here we are to talk about the class of 2023 and, you know, some of those money saving tips for recent graduates, because obviously it is a tough environment out there. Mm -hmm. You know, any little ways that people can save money, any sort of financial advice that, that we can give today is obviously beneficial to them. Um, So, jumping right in, you know, when we're looking at, you know, recent high school graduates that are heading off to college or work, um, you know, what would your advice be to, th- be to them for their, their biggest financial focus? You know, what should they really think about and look at as they're transitioning over to college or, or to their work life? I think it's important to have some type of goal as to where you want your money to go. Because I know when I was in high school, when I came out of high school and I was working and made money that I didn't have a goal. So it was really easy to spend the money because there was no reason for me to hold on to it. So I think as long as you have a reason to hold on to it, you're okay. You'll be okay. Yeah, I I think that's that's excellent advice. I mean, a lot of people, they don't really think about setting financial goals. They don't think about creating a budget and making their, their, you know, money work for them. It's really just kind of like, are my essentials covered? And then, and then they don't really worry about it. But, you know, if you really think about what you're looking to achieve, um, that really helps you create those financial goals, put together that plan, kind of figure out where you're going. Um, and then also that gives you guidance on, you know, what sort of expenses do you need to figure out in the future? You know, Mm -hmm. obviously 
Madison, your case, when, when you're, you're moving out and buying that car, you're not going to be able to just wake up one day and just be like, hooray, I achieved my goal without any thought mm-hmm. or effort put towards it. You really got to think about it and work towards it and do the math a little bit as much as everybody <laughs> typically hates to do the math behind it um, to really kind of sort that out. So, so that's, that, that's some really good advice. Um, you know, the other thing I would, I would think about too is, you know, those that are, you know, college bound, um, obviously, as I mentioned, school is incredibly expensive. So when you're looking at that, um, you know, think about the cost of the school that you're looking at uh, in terms of, am I, am I going to get that value there? Um, and one of the other things too, is, you know, looking for scholarships and grants and, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit later from a, a member mailbag question, but you know, one of the things that people don't don't realize until they're in that stage of planning for college and, and trying to figure out how to pay for it is that there are a ton of scholarships and grants out there that can help uh, subsidize the the cost of education. And I mean, you know, there's very few things in life that are truly free money, uh, except for for these sorts of things. So you know, that's really my my number one thing is. Um, so that's that's really key to, to look for. Um, did you pursue any scholarships or grants when, when you were going so to school? When I, I think my junior year, when I signed that, not my junior, my senior year, when I had signed with Berkeley, I did get a presidential scholarship. And then I got a few nice. other ones from Scholarship Owl. If anyone awesome. is looking for scholarships, that's definitely a good website to look at. They have tons of scholarships for tons of different things that range from anywhere between like 500 to a few thousand. Like it's really, really good website. Excellent. Appreciate that, that, uh, recommendation. Um, and then actually affinity also has a scholarship locator tool, uh, right on our student loans page. So it's, it's fueled by Sally May. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I tell people is, you know, if you're looking for scholarships, look everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. some of these tools pull from one place, some of them pull from the other, really just look at as many as you can, because, I can't say that I've ever found one that truly has everything in it. So look at as many as, as you can. So, you know, when we're thinking about, you know, paying for those college expenses, uh, you know, what are some of those best practices that you can give some advice to for those recent high school graduates so that they can afford those expenses? I think, especially for graduates that are dorming or going out of state, definitely prepare for, you might not be paying for your dorming in that moment but you're gonna have to pay to buy yourself food to stock your dorm yep your room stuff for your dorm it's very different than coming home and having food and bedding and all the other stuff you need that's essentially all right there than having to pay for on your own when you're dorming so i think especially for the graduates that are going away or even if they're staying in state for dormings it's a little bit farther drive definitely definitely think about the dorming expenses that aren't covered by the school. I, I think that is amazing advice because, you know, truly, if you have never lived out on your own and had to pay for everything, you know, mom and dad go to the store and they come back with the stuff and it's just mm-hmm. there. And when you're out there for that first time and suddenly somebody's like, hey, did anybody buy toilet paper? And you're like, no, we have to do that. It's a, yeah, it's a little bit of, of a rude awakening. <laughs> one of my really close friends, she dorms at Kane. Mm-hmm. She was like, I never realized that I was going to spend so much money. She's like, I didn't think about it. She's like, I, and I wish I planned for it because I would have saved more. Because she was working before she 
went to Kane for the semester, but she's like, I wish I planned better and realized how many expenses I was really going to have. She was like, because yep. even if I go across the street from my campus to the urgent care, like that's still a bill I have to pay because my parents aren't going to pay for it cause, because of my responsibility. And I was like, yeah, like yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't really think about that. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's it's something that that's really easy for, for you to do is, you know, the month or two before you're planning to, to move in or, or even earlier, um, you know, start to take account of those little daily things that you do. Think about if there's an expense attached to it, kind of figure out what it is. Um, and that can kind of give you that idea of what that budget is going to look like for, for when you move out. So you can, you know, start to save up a little bit of money towards it. Um, the earlier you can start to save up, obviously the better every little bit counts. Um, you know, for parents that are listening, uh, a 529 plan is a great way to start saving early for your kids. Some states even have plans with tax benefits. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about that really high cost of education and then even the little things that go along with it, every little bit counts. You know, even if it's just covering the cost of books, it can it can be a, a huge uh, saver in, in the long run. I mean, that's less money that you have to borrow. Um, and I mean, you know, Madison, it's, it's probably been a decade since I've had to buy any, <laughs> any student books. Um, luckily Berkeley had, had all online ones. Yeah, they're when all I online. Was, yeah. Um, but I know for my undergrad, you know, I was paying easily five to $600 per semester in, in books. You know, can you share your experience with that? Um, Berkeley still does have their e-text. So I awesome. actually haven't had to pay for any books, but I do know Amazon, I believe you can rent the book that you need for that class. Uh-huh. And then right. send it back. I know people that have done that instead of having to buy it in full. And I think it's way cheaper, like a that's, few hundred dollars cheaper. That's a fantastic option. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, but yeah, again, even even just the the little living expense things like that stuff can all add up. So start start saving as, as early as you can. Start figuring how much living on your own is going to cost. Um, but again, you know, you don't want your college experience to be all about counting the pennies and, and budgeting. So, you know, Madison, what recommendations do you have for new college students on how they can maintain that balance of overall well-being with potentially having a a part-time job and and school? As someone who always worked while they were in school, I think the best thing to do, I mean, when I was doing my undergrad, I was a manager, so I had to learn quickly how to balance my work, school, and social life because I worked 40, 50 hours, and then I was full-time online for school. Mm-hmm. And then I still want to go out and have fun with my friends. So I think as long as they find that, even if they have a part-time job and they work maybe 10 hours a week, as long as you find a good balance that works for you and you're making enough money where you have money set aside for yourself that you could spend at your free will on whatever you want and still cover the expenses that you need covered, I think you're more than fine. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good recommendation. I mean, I, I basically worked since I was, you know, in my early teens all, all throughout current day and, you know, worked throughout college. And I I think 10 hours is was that sweet spot for me as well. Um, but again, you know, every everybody's different. Everybody has a, a different situation. Um, one of the things that is nice is, you know, some universities and colleges that do have on campus jobs. You know, some of them are a little less intense and they'll have options where you can, you know, do some schoolwork when it's less busy. So, you know, that's a little bit of an added benefit you can also take advantage of if, if you're not looking at, you know, something that's related to your field or, or you know, an external job. Um, but, you know, really focusing 
too much on making money in your finances, you know, could really put a detriment to that college mm-hmm. experience that you've already spent so much time and effort working towards. Um, so you really want to make sure that one, you're cutting out enough time to be able to focus on your, your classwork. I mean, that's kind yeah. of critical there. Um, but you know, also you do want to have some fun in it and have that college experience. Um, you know, you're, you're going to burn out if you just keep pushing and oh, pushing yeah. and pushing and, and putting in, in too many hours. Um, so, you know, just make sure you think of what that plan looks like plan ahead. Um, and you know, plan to have a little bit of fun in there too, and, and mm-hmm. have some extra money to, to go out and enjoy yourself. So Madison, what do you think is important to know about in terms of, of student loans? You know, when you're, when you're obviously taking student loans, it's an important way to help cover that cost of college. But, you know, in your experience, what, what is some um, things to look out for, some recommendations, you know, what do you have to consider when you're looking at taking out student loans? Um, I personally have only done loans like through the government. Okay. Yep. So I'm not really familiar with loans if you get it from a secondary like we did like Sally Mae or I think the other one's Nitro. Mm-hmm. I think the other one's Nitro. Um, so I'm not really familiar with those ones, but I know for federal loans, just be aware of when they're going to start you expecting you to pay them. Like I think I have six months after I graduate my master's program right until I have to start paying them. But I know people that had to start paying them like right after they got out of school. So I think it's really important to know when they're expecting payments. That way your interest doesn't build up on those loans. Definitely. Yeah. Understanding all of the rules and stipulations around your loans is critical. Um, You don't want a surprise bill to just pop Mm -hmm. up when, when you're not expecting it. You want to understand how that interest is accruing. You know, a lot of federal loans do have deferred payment plans and, and payment options. Um, you know, so you don't have to pay back until after you graduate, but you want to understand what's involved there. Um, you know, are there any sort of subsidies involved that do cover interest while you're in school? Um, but, you know, it, it really depends on, on what you're looking at. Um, typically when, you know, we're, we're looking at student loans, you do want to go after those government options first because they do have some extra perks and benefits that you're not going to get from a private loan provider. Um, but obviously, you know, if you've tapped out everything you're eligible for, you have to look for, for those other options. Um, and then obviously private is, is your next best, best option. But, you know, one of the things I, I really want to stress for our, our listeners to think about is, you know, even before you get that far down the path is, is it worth it? You know, is the degree that you're pursuing going to make you enough money to pay back your loans? Is it going to, you know, give you enough money to, you know, pursue a field that's going to make you happy? Um, You really have to think about it from a a practical investment perspective of, okay, you know, yes, when you were, you know, five years ago, you fell in love with this field or you fell in love with this school and you thought it was your, your dream school or your dream profession, but is it still worth it when you know what the price tag looks like? Is it still worth it when you do the research to understand, you know, what the pay in that field is worth? And those are all things that, you know, people really need to think about because the worst thing that could happen is getting out of school, not making enough to pay back those loans, and then finding out that, well, the field that you're actually got your degree in, you're miserable. So you're yeah, or that you need a, Or <laughs> yeah. if you need to take on a second job, 
in order to pay those debts and your bills. And then yes. you're overwhelmed and burnt out and hating your life. Yes. Yes. So that is that is the, the worst case scenario that we want to make sure that you are all thinking of and trying to avoid if ever possible. Um, you know, just just top just add that to the list of things that you're thinking about when when you're looking at schools and looking at funding options. You know, is is this practical? Is this achievable? There are some ways to try to fix it on the back end. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but obviously, preventative is is best than trying to fix it after the fact. So Anyway, any any final thoughts on that before we pivot, Matt? Um, I do know actually some schools. I use my boyfriend for example. He goes to Fairleigh Dickinson. They have a Quest program for teachers, and you get you don't get certified, but they give you experience on different types of things, and it helps you make more money in that field. So I definitely cool. think if some universities have those options that's definitely something to look into because even if your field maybe is the one that's making over 100k a year there's still options that you could potentially make more money just by experience not certification so i think that's definitely something that more colleges should offer and if they do offer it you should look into yeah no that's that's great advice um how to how to boost your qualifications and, and salary even beyond what, what your base degree is going to, to uh, provide is, is definitely a good good option. And, it, you know, it'll keep you in that field that you've already spent so much time in and commitment working towards. All right. So looking at the, our next question here, you know, following college graduation, what advice can you give to your fellow young adults when it comes to budgeting or saving. And, you know, we're talking about in terms of living expenses or student loan repayments or retirement accounts, emergency savings, all these things that, you know, once you're kind of out there and, and employed and starting to think about, you know, what's, what's important. I think if they're living at home, they should definitely try to pay off their student loans as quickly as they can. So the interest doesn't build, so you don't owe more. Um, I think maybe if they're staying home, maybe do a smaller payment for their, or the minimum payment for their student loans. And then if they're planning on moving out, save for moving out or any bills that you pay at home. Or if they pay like their phone bill, they just make sure that's all set and make sure that you have a plan how to pay off the loans. I think really paying off your student loans should be the first thing for most people. Like I want, I know that's be the first thing that I plan on doing when I'm done with school because I don't want to have that hovering over me forever or building up yeah. forever. I really think paying your student loans, whether you're living at home or have your own apartment and they're graduating, I think really that should be your biggest thing, your biggest focus. Yeah, I mean, the, your, your living expense is typically going to be your largest expense. So if you're, you're saving on that monthly rent, that mortgage versus, you know, when, when you have moved out, um, you can save and, and work down that, that existing debt in a, pretty, in, a, in a pretty aggressive fashion. And that, that will save you down the line because obviously – lower your balances, the less interest you're paying. And, you know, it'll, it'll pay off those loans even quicker. And, you know, once that payment is gone, you can then put that money to work mm -hmm. in other ways, you know, whether, whether it be a car or towards your, your, your savings, towards your, your living expenses. Um, you know, when I'm looking at this, I, I really want to stress the importance of, of having an emergency fund. Um, you know, if, if somebody, you obviously have to cover your essentials. You know, you can't cut into that to, to build an emergency fund. But once that's covered, you know, as soon as you can, make sure that you're you're building up some sort of emergency savings. Because, you know, one of the things that I always tell people is, you know, the emergency isn't going to wait until you can afford it. Yeah. 
So even a few dollars here and there every week, every month, whatever you can afford is going to reduce the impact down the line when you do face an emergency. You know, and unfortunately, it's, you know, it's like the question is, how much should you save? Well, think about what you've come across in, in your life. You know, if you have a car, a car repair is probably going to be pretty likely. If you own a home, you know, think about the most expensive thing in there that can break and, and kind of plan for that. I mean, unfortunately, that's one of those things where it's like if you have a leaky roof, that could be a pretty oh, yeah. expensive repair. But, you know, um, I mean, depending on where you are, especially in, you know, more expensive metro areas, a few thousand dollars is a pretty reasonable place to start. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you hear the, the national statistic where they're, they're talking about a $400 emergency. Well, I haven't come across a $400 emergency <laughs> in my entire life. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it if, if I do. <laughs> Um, but they always see more than that. So like four grand, four hundred. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and, and the other thing that I, I always encourage people to do is when, when you have that first job, if there is some sort of retirement benefit attached to it, whether it's, you know, retirement match, whether, you know, whatever it is, uh, take advantage of it because it's very easy to put that off and say, well, you know, I'll put that money aside tomorrow. I'll start it next week. So, you know, yeah. what are what are your financial goals? You know, are you currently saving for retirement? Um, so the job, I'm a police dispatcher. So I actually do have a pension built in. We all get pensions if we're full-time. And then I eventually want to go into law enforcement. So my pension now will transfer over to there. Awesome. So really, that's really the only thing I have right now. I haven't really looked into anything else. But I have heard that um, it's 401k plans. Like when your employer matches it, you put a certain percent and your employer matches that percent. I've heard those are really good. Yep. But yeah, I haven't really done much research on that. No, and that's that's totally fair. I mean, if uh, I, I will, I think I think I looked into this a few years ago and it was something like, less than 10% of all jobs offer pensions at this point. So, oh. you know, yeah, you're, you're in a very good spot <laughs> where, where you're, you're eligible for a pension that is a dying breed and the 401k is, is much, much more common these days. Um, but yeah, if there's any sort of retirement benefit that you can take advantage of, most typically is a match, uh, obviously take advantage of that. Um, you know, same thing comes to if your employer offers any sort of uh, education benefit. You know, I, I'm very lucky where Affinity offers a, an education benefit where they covered some of that cost. So, you know, if you can obviously plan to go back to school and or, or even, you know, get that first degree and you can get that subsidized, take advantage of it. Uh, you know, it's going to save you some money in the long run and, and it's already there. You might as well take advantage of it. One of the things I also wanted to mention is, you know, when we're looking at college grads, what are you know, some of those common mistakes that they're making, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, we've all made those like little mistakes once, once we've, we've, uh, gotten into school or, or, or postgraduate. Um, do you have any examples of, you know, what we can do to avoid those really common mistakes that people come across? Uh, I think maybe not spending or buying beyond your means because of the type of field you're in. Is that that makes sense? Yes. Because yes. I know um, sometimes, like, let's say one of my friends psychologist, and she's like, I'm going to make all this money one day. And I'm like, but you're not going to start at making all that money. Right. 
you have to build to make all that money. So you can't buy things that are way more expensive than you can afford or spend all this money on things that you shouldn't be spending on because you're not going to be bringing in the income to support it because you're not at that level yet to be making all that money. And I think that's probably like a really decently sized issue that I think a lot of people that graduate college deal with because they're expecting to make all this money right when they start and they're not. No, that's, that's, that's a great point. And, and the funny thing is, is that actually isn't just limited to recent graduates, you know, people who suddenly, uh, we see this a lot with, with athletes, you know, they, they start off with this incredible, you know, six figure millions Mm -hmm. of dollars salary, um, where they've never had that access to that level of, of wealth before and they find ways to spend it, you know, and, and, and oftentimes it's, you know, they didn't go out and get a financial planner who could tell them, you know, listen, there's no wrong, no, no wrong thing with going out and and splurging every once in a while, especially if you, if you've come into a fair amount of money. Um, but you want to make sure that you have a plan to put some of that away, save for the rainy day, make sure you too often. Exactly. You know, you want to make sure you're taking care five, 10 years from now and you know, you didn't spend it all on, you know, pretty jewelry, (laughs) pretty cars, fast cars. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there's definitely some cars out there where you could spend uh, a, a superstar athlete salary in one shot. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is already crazy. Yeah. I can only imagine what the maintenance on that is like, <laughs> you know, $30,000 oil change, something like that. <laughs> um, one, of, one of the examples that I, I always like to share is uh, one of my friends, Dan. And shout, shout out to, to Dan Taylor out there. Uh, he's always shared a story where it's his $10,000 Frisbee. And what that is, is when he first went to school, he signed up for a credit card that was in the student center at orientation. Um, I don't know if they actually do that anymore. I think they changed the laws where you can't yeah, do that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't think stuff. they do that. <laughs> yeah. So so now now it's like you have to be over 21 to, to get any sort of credit card offers and things like that. But anyway... This goes back, you know, roughly 10 years. So when he had signed up for this credit card, it was because they were offering a free Frisbee. And he was like, cool, free Frisbee. (laughs) Never had a credit card before. Didn't understand how credit cards worked. Um, But they gave him a $10,000 credit limit. And he went out and he's like, cool, I have $10,000 to spend. And, you know, went and spent and spent and spent until that collection notice showed up. And he's like, oh. Nobody told me I had to pay this back, but he had that Frisbee and then, you know, spent the (laughs) next (laughs) few years. And I believe it even was even post post school, uh, paying back that $10,000 he had racked up, uh, during that time. So, you know, uh, understand what you are getting into when you sign up for it. If you've never had a credit card before, you know, do a little bit of research to understand what's involved. Um, and, you know, talk to your bank, your credit union, your friends at Affinity to just understand what's involved with the terms of whatever you're signing up for. Um, if you've never had a credit card before, there's no shame in asking how it works, how the, what the interest means. Um, you know, credit unions typically have a limit on how much they can charge in, in credit card interest. So we like to think we're a little bit of a better option, but there are some out there that are in the, you know, mid to high 20, 20s and, and that can really rack up if you're uh, not familiar with what you're doing. All right. So to, to just close this out, any, any other final tips on, you know, common, 
common college grad money mistakes and, and how they can avoid them? I think as long as how you mentioned, if they are aware of what comes with it, especially credit wise, because a lot of things hurt your credit more than help your credit, especially student loans. Those can hurt your credit a lot with they build up. Yeah. Um, I think as long as you're aware of what's going on and what comes with whatever you're doing and you have goals for yourself and you planned for those goals, you know, financially where you want to be in five to 10 years, I think you'll be more than fine. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent advice. And you know, it's like everything do, do your homework, make sure you know what you're getting yourself involved in and, uh, you know, think ahead, plan ahead. All right. So we are going to pivot real quick over to our member mailbag and just a reminder that if you have a question or a comment for our member mailbag segment, please send it to Affinity FCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. All right. So today's member mailbag uh, question is, I am on track to attend my dream university, but I'm worried about the total cost to attend. My financial aid doesn't cover the full balance of tuition and my parents aren't in a place to help me cover the rest. Where can I turn to help pay for school? I am worried about being able to pay off high interest loans after college, and it is causing me a lot of stress. Oof. That is a tough one. Um, Madison, do you have any advice for, for this person? Um, definitely outside scholarships. Like yeah. Scholarship Owl. Scholarship Owl has so many things. Yes. Um, maybe a private lender, but then you're going to have to pay them back eventually. Yeah. Also, um, there was one other company that I had used, but I can't remember the name of it. It'll come to me. It's all right. You can always drop it, drop it in the show notes after the fact. Um, and this actually goes back to, to what I was mentioning at, at the top of the show is, you know, there's really that hierarchy of paying for school and you, you nailed it. It's like, first off, you look for those grants and scholarships, you know, get that free money up front. Then you look to those federal loans, you know, get those subsidized, reduced cost loans. Um, you know, there's some, some added benefits there. Um, one of which is, you know, if you do take out that student loan and it goes into repayment, there is the uh, income-driven repayment plan. And that's something that is based off of your income. So, you know, obviously, if you have payments that are incredibly high compared to your, your income, that they can reduce that um, so you're having a much more affordable payment. Of course, this does, you know, require uh, application for it. You know, you don't just automatically get it. Um, and one of the things to be careful of is, you know, if you do wind up with a monthly payment that's less than the interest that the loan is accruing, you actually could wind up with a growing loan balance uh, because they, they add that back to the capital if it's not being made in those, those monthly payments. Um, so obviously it does result in a more affordable loan payment on a monthly basis if, if you're in a tough spot. Um, but over the longer term, you know, you are having your loan continue to grow and grow. Um, then obviously, you know, last option is looking at private loans, um, you know, primarily cause they don't have those, those added perks and, and benefits compared to the federal loans. Um, Another option that people can look into is many colleges offer a tuition repayment plan. Um, so instead of having to take out that as a loan, they can split up your, your payment you know, per semester in a, a small portion of it and, and do it out over time. Um, of course, those plans vary from school to school, 
There could potentially be some fees or interest related to them, uh, but it is a viable option for those that do have you know, some sort of income while they're in school and they can help pay for that um, tuition cost upfront through that plan. So do some research, find out if that is something that your college offers. Um, and then finally, the, the last recommendation I, I wanted to make is, you know, there's there's no shame in putting off that school for a year mm-hmm. or two years, um, you know, just some time for you to, to work and save up some money and, and make make it more affordable. Um, and that goes to all major life events. You know, if you're planning a vacation, if you're planning to get married, if you're looking to buy buy a car, um, you know, if your financial situation is a little rough push out the horizon a little bit, give yourself some more time to save. Um, you know, there, there, there's no shame in that. And lots of people do it. Lots of people put things off because it's, it's unaffordable at the time. Um, especially major, you know, life milestones, like going to college, buying, buying a home, getting married. These are all very expensive things that, you know, a little bit more time can really help you swallow that cost. Uh, anything else to add, Madison? I do know some schools do, um, their student work programs, where they'll actually take money off your tuition if you work on campus. That is a excellent option as well. Thank you for mentioning that. All right, so we are gonna pivot over to our product spotlight today. Uh, and those of you who are returned listeners to the podcast is probably familiar with today's product as uh, I am a big fan of it. Um, but once again, we're talking about the Smart Start Savings account. So whether you're saving for a down payment, dream vacation, or rainy day, we're here to help you earn more toward your financial goals with Affinity's award-winning high-yield Smart Start Savings account. Affinity's Smart Start Savings earns 4.0 annual percentage yield on the first $10,000 in savings, which is 10 times the national average as reported by the FDIC. This means a higher savings rate on more dollars for Affinity members. For those new to the program, it's unique for its inverted interest structure that encourages our members to get started on their savings journey with no minimum balance and no high maintenance fees. It's a great way to start building your emergency funds since this structure allows for easy access to funds when you need it with no limitations on transfers or withdrawals. Did I mention Smart Start is award-winning? Affinity Smart Start account was recently named Best Credit Union Savings Account for deposits under $10,000 by CNBC Select and was previously recognized as best high-yield savings account by the buy side from the Wall Street Journal. Save smart, earn more, and reach your financial dreams quicker with Smart Start. You can visit affinityfcu.com forward slash smart start to learn more. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is you can visit one of our many local to university branches to learn about this product. You can learn about the different things that we've talked about on today's podcast. Uh, We have some great staff that's located at all those locations, and they are happy to see our university students dropping in for some help. Uh, Those of you that are uh, from Rutgers, you can drop by our New Brunswick, New Jersey location. If you're attending Fairleigh Dickinson or Duke Universities, we recently opened our Madison, New Jersey branch. Uh, Those that have returned to the podcast, again, that's Madison, New Jersey, not Madison, Wisconsin. Um, And then, of course, if you're local to Connecticut attending Yale, you can visit our location right there in New Haven. And then, of course, those of uh, fellow Berkeley College students and alum like Madison and myself, you can find our newest branch opening later this year in River Edge, New Jersey, uh, which is not too far from their Woodland Park campus. All right. So we talked about a lot of stuff today, obviously, Madison, Uh, some really good advice. I I appreciate your, your input and feedback to our 
uh, soon-to-be college uh, students, our recent graduates. Um, do you have any final thoughts and words for our audience to take away with today? I just think it's important to have a plan for yourself in every aspect of life, financially, socially, work life. I just think goals and plans and where you want to be and where you want yourself to be are important all around. And I really think that's how you really succeed. Agreed. You know, planning is key, setting those goals for yourself. Uh, at the end of the day, you want to feel good about your finances and you don't want it to be a source of stress. So planning and educating yourself and getting yourself prepared are all great ways on how to do that. Um, and obviously not biting off more than you can chew from a student loan perspective is really important. Not committing to more school than you can afford is an important perspective. Uh, just really all things that, you know, really just do your homework, get prepared ahead of time and don't jump in until you're really prepared and really know what you're committing to. So with that, uh, I just want to remind you again that if you have a question or a comment for a future member mailbag segment, you can send it to AffinityFCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. As always, we appreciate if you rate, like, and subscribe for more Wellbeing in Your Wallet podcast. You can visit AffinityFCU.com for additional information on Affinity Wellbeing products and financial well-being. And as always, thank you so much for listening and be well.